I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. You're listening to Room 104. You can get in touch on our WhatsApp 087-67-97104. And as you know, we like to do this every week. We get on some of the best comedians from all over Ireland, the UK and the world to come on and share with you some of their dodgiest experiences on stage. It's kind of therapeutic. It's re-traumatizing. It's a bit of, it's a bit of crack. And I'm delighted to say tonight for you on the show, he has been voted one of the top 10 stand-up comedians in the UK. He's a regular on comedy panel shows like Have I Got, for, uh, Have I Got News For You? You'll have seen him on Live at the Apollo. He has appeared on the big fancy screen in the movie Stitches and was nominated for a Laurence Olivier Award for his performance in The Young Frankenstein in the West End. He's insanely talented, insanely funny, and I'm delighted to say Mr. Ross Noble has joined us on the show this evening. Ross, how are you? Very well, thanks. I'm full of beans. I don't know how uh, I might be slightly traumatised after we uh, yeah. dragged through these uh, some sort of post-traumatic trigger from my uh, <laughs> horrific gigs of the past. I know, you tried to bury them deep down, and I'm like, I really should, I think I should start bringing a couch in so you can come in and lie back yeah. and we can just go through them. But um, before maybe we chat about your, um, maybe some of your worst ones, and then we'll get to obviously some of the best ones, right? When was your first ever stand-up gig? Uh, I was uh, 15, my first my first ever gig, so that was uh, 28 years ago, and uh Oh, it was a very different time. It was all comedy clubs. They were all fields. It was, uh, yeah, I was, I was uh, 15. It was a place called Chirpy Chappie's Comedy Cafe in Newcastle. Because at the time, there was, you know, there wasn't really, like stand-up wasn't, it just wasn't the same as it is yeah. now. You know, it was still a bit of a, still a bit new, you know. You still had kind of, back then, there was still like the working men's club comics. That's what kind of dominated the area, and so I went to my first gig at this place and it was because of the licensing laws they couldn't um, if they wanted to put on entertainment they had to serve food oh yeah so when you went into the club they served everyone they gave you your ticket and whether you liked it or not they give you a paper plate with a dollop of chilli con carne on it <laughs> and then People come in thinking we're coming for comedy, and they go right. Uh, there you go, give us the money. There's a ticket. Hey, Jim Tom Carney, I don't want that. They went, you have to have it, or we'll get closed down. So people used to, uh, they'd walk to the tin, they just dump the chili con carne. So uh, the floor was just covered in cheap meat. So uh, I remember walking to the stage, and then when I left the stage, I remember like sliding through all this like discarded meat on the floor. And I remember in my head thinking, yeah, I'm in showbiz now. <laughs> I made yeah. this, this is it, you're at the top. Yeah. 
God, that, uh, the smell of the place must have been a bit odd. Oh God, yeah, it sounded it was like it was like an abattoir. The whole place, yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think hot. And then people would slip on the chili con carne and crack the heads open. <laughs> so it would like uh, so there was a mixture of uh, the blood would get mixed in as well. You know, <laughs> you, you wouldn't know which is which. Uh, is this blood yeah. or chili con carne? I don't know if I should be eating it. Cool. So you've been gigging obviously for a long time. You've done some of the biggest venues all across the world but I imagine you know getting there like like every comedian who has gigged for so long there's those amazing gigs but then there's one or two that they just you know they just don't go well um, do you have any yeah. that kind of spring to mind that are some of your favourite bad gigs yeah it's funny isn't it how you can have favourite favourite bad gigs <laughs> yeah there was one it was in a pub I saw of it was one that was in a pub and it, the stage was behind the screen for the football <laughs> So there was like an alcove in the side of the uh, in the wall, and the screen came down. And uh, the guy said to me, he "Went right. What we're going to do is," he said, that "We're going to watch the football." And he said, "And then when the football finishes, we'll go straight into the comedy. So you get behind there, and then just wait. I'll press the button, and the screen will go up. I'll introduce you." Right. So it was an England match, and. Uh, they lost like really badly and everyone was really down. I think they got knocked out as like the Euros or World yeah. Cup or something. And then like, so everyone was just sat there like really, really not happy. And I'm stood behind this screen in a hole in the wall. And the guy goes, you all right, everyone? Uh, I know you're all sad about the uh, the football, but it's time. He's here to cheer you up. Ladies and gentlemen, it's comedy time. Please welcome Ross Noble. And, like, nobody knew that comedy was on. So about four people started to clap. Well, the thing was is that he pressed the button on the screen and the screen came up, like, really, really slowly. So, <laughs> like, it was like people clapping going, well, where, where is this comedy? And then the screen got to my knees. And I thought, well, I can't, like, do I squat down and look under the screen and then start... Or do I so? So I said, do I wait? So it like slowly revealed my legs, and then it was like you know that show naked attraction. I was just thinking that I was like, that's yeah. kind of exactly what it it's was, like. Yeah, it was exactly like that. So it was except I, you know, I didn't have my out, <laughs> and then I should have done because we got more of a laugh. And then the trouble was is that he hadn't turned off the. He pressed the button for the screen, but he hadn't turned off the TV coverage. So I had like Des Lynham like projected over the top of me. But I was like, hey, everyone, it's comedy time. And he's just looking, going, what? <laughs> There's football like, analysis yeah. on your face, like, while you're going yeah. on making jokes. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, that was that was quite another time I turned up to uh, what turned out to be a rave in a disused tennis centre. Mm. And um, it turned out that the gig was in, um, it was in the chill-out room, but the place was still like a full-on a full-on rave and the um, sound system was a tiny little practice amp for guitar with a microphone plugged into it <laughs> and I said well what am I supposed to do with this and the guy said just as people are walking past just start doing your act and they'll stop but I went into this room and it was just full of unconscious people who were uh, off their faces on drugs and then um, in the middle of the room was a bucking bronco oh 
yeah. So they put the Bucking Bronco in there because it was a chill out room. No one was on it, so it was just me entertaining a Bucking Bronco <laughs> and lots of lots of lots of unconscious people. How long of a set did you do there? I just, I literally just stood in mind because no one could hear because the music was so loud, and I just mind. I, I was just stood there, just uh, making my mouth move, and every time the bloke, he'd like he pop his head around the door and see me on stage doing the show. He thought I was. No one could hear me anyway. So uh, yeah. Um, another time I got a gig in a farmer's barn it was for a farmer's birthday the stage was in the hayloft so everyone was sitting on the floor of the barn and the hayloft was about 12 foot high when you introduced the act you were ladies and gentlemen please welcome and bring the first act on and they had to climb up a ladder to get into the hayloft to stand up there and then you had to wait till they were on the stage and then you had to climb down the ladder as it got dark the barn was full of bats so as soon as it got dark, they all woke up and decided to go off looking for, <laughs> looking for food. And there was just this kind of, uh, there was just, I don't know what you call it, a murder of bat. You know, it's cruel, isn't it? But yeah, they all flew past me as I was trying to, uh, just trying to bring on the axe. So, oh my uh, God. Yeah. I can literally just keep going, you know. Like, you can ask me <laughs> questions, but if you want, I can just like, we could be here for several several hours there's one the whole show done for the week this is amazing me and Peter K once did a gig in uh, a student gig we turned up and uh, asked who the other acts were on the main stage because that's the thing it's like you sometimes have like you know your stage but then the music act in the same you know on a different stage you can't hear what's being and uh, we turned up for this one and it was Coolio was on you know Gangster's (laughs) Paradise and I just uh, I just distinctly remember hearing Peter just continuously say, Oh, John, Coolio, Coolio, no, Coolio, no, Coolio, no, Coolio, no. That's all I had in my head for the whole game was him going, No, Coolio, no. God, no, the, the, the Bats one is impressive now because I've talked to a few people. Uh, every every comedian that comes on has had at least like five or ten of those ones where no one in the pub knows that there's a comedy gig on and then it's like, oh, surprise, yeah, yeah. comedy, and everyone's like, yeah, I yeah, want to yeah. kill you now and shoot you in the face. did, did one in a student's union in, uh, in Ireland once. There was a Cayley band on in the corner and they wouldn't stop. So we had to, and the bar manager was going, you have to start, and the band wouldn't stop. So he said, you'll have to do it at the same time. And then uh, I stood up on the stage was a pool table with a piece of like uh, MDF like yeah. put on top, but it wasn't secured, so it was sliding around. And I said to the audience, I went, "Hey, everyone, we've uh, we've got some comedy starting in a minute, so if you want to turn your chairs around, somebody threw a burning paper aeroplane at me." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. They're good and they're fun, but I know you've done, obviously you've been gigging for years and you've done some of the biggest gigs in the world. One thing I wanted to ask you is, I was watching some of your stuff over the weekend and a lot of people would probably think or might assume sometimes that they're like, the stuff you do at the start of your show with the crowd interaction is, is scripted and prepared. And I was having an argument with a friend saying, no, I guarantee you, all of that first 10 minutes of his show, I guarantee it is off the cuff. But I imagine that that is. And when did you learn that you could do that with the crowd, if you know what I mean? It's like, that's weird, isn't it? Because I think anyone that, anyone that thinks that, like, like, I don't know how you would do that. You'd have to, you'd have to pay people to <laughs> shout out the stuff that you want. Yeah, yeah. And you'd have to rehearse for days. And then if you're on tour, 
you'd have to you'd bring them with you'd you. You have to bring them with you, and then you'd have to pay for their hotel. So if I took the ten people in the audience, that would be like say say two hundred. I don't know, 200 euro a night for the, each person, so you'd, you'd be up to like a couple of grand <laughs> and travel. It's probably like every show would probably cost you, you'd probably be looking at, if you did it on the cheap, you'd be looking at 1500 at the cheapest. Yeah. Just so that the people could shout out the stuff to be part of the show. It's insane, isn't it? So uh, it's always, it always makes me laugh as well. Like whenever I, um, like, uh, whenever I release a show, There'll always be like critics that go, um, they'll praise a bit of material and go, oh, it's a great bit of material. And then, uh, and it's, it'll be just, it'll be a whole chunk that I've improvised, you know, and then they'll just be like, oh, yeah, you know, and then this um, this is clearly pre prepared. And then there'll be other stuff that, um, you know, they just they just can't they can't work it out, you know. But um, when did I? You know what it was? I started because I started doing um, before I did stand up. I used to um, I used to juggle and do like a me and my mate used to do a, a street show. Yeah. You know? We used to um, with that you'd just stand there and you'd just have to you'd have to try and build up a crowd. You know, you'd have to get their attention and just and so you were constantly like things would happen. You'd get drunks wandering through you. Know, you get like sort of. You know, like guys with cans of special grill that would just sort of like stagger into the performance area. So you'd just have to, and you couldn't get angry with them because, you know, streets for everyone, isn't it? So you'd kind of, you'd start talking to them and you'd try and work them into the show. Or, you know, you might have like a car alarm would go off or, yeah. you know, there might be something, somebody hanging out of a window. And, and then that, when I, when I started doing stand-up, I sort of, you know, I was always kind of always talking to the audience and always kind of making it about what was in the room. And then I, for for a few years, I used to wear warm ups for TV. You know, and again, it's that thing of like if you do a sitcom, they have to reset the scene and people have to, you know, they have to tidy up all right, the, yeah, yeah. tidy up the props and everything. The actors' costumes have to be reset, and then all the props have to be reset. And they have to if somebody's moved anything, you know, sometimes it's uh, you know sometimes if there's kind of food or whatever, you know. Mm. So uh, you'd have to go on and you'd be there for hours just kind of like, or if a light would blow. So it was one of those things where I'd sort of develop, develop that. And also I get distracted really easily. <laughs> so, um, so that all just kind of, so then when I started playing, playing theatres and people come to, um, come to see me in theatres, it was just like, that was just how my acts kind of developed. And then a few years ago when I was, um, you know, I st- you know, I've, I've heard a few people kind of say that when you play arenas, you've got to have the show. You've got to have the show like locked down, and yeah. you can't really muck about. And um, I did an arena tour in Australia, and um, and I was just mucking about in in those massive rooms, but just exactly the same as I would as if I was playing a pub. You know, and it just kind of works. You know? just, Partly because the audience were going, well, he can't just be mocking about. Cause he, <laughs> yeah, 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 he can't yeah. be doing that because you can't do that. And you know that is, that would that would be insane to try that in front of ten thousand people. <laughs> so I was like, oh. Well, but you kind of got you've nearly got more more people to work with then in a bigger arena. Yeah, yeah, and, and um, we released one of them on on DVD actually, and it was yeah, people like shouting from the very back, like right in the front of you. Go, Where's the man? <laughs> what was that? And then uh, kind of, and also because you got them big, you got them big screens as well. You can yeah. sort of, you can do stuff which is quite intimate, but on the 
Um, yeah, but that's, um, yeah. So whatever the question was, that, that that's it. That's what the answer. <laughs> <laughs> what it was. But. No, perfect. So you're obviously over for the Vodafone Comedy Carnival this weekend. You're playing on Saturday yeah. evening, twenty sixth. It's on the Black Box Theatre. But I take it people can expect more of the same. Yeah, yeah. The um, it's the Black Box Theatre. But please don't get that confused with the popular nineties uh, dance act, uh, Black Box. Uh, at no point will I be performing the hit right on time. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> it! It's very easy to... Uh, um, but hopefully, people will be right on time and the show uh, would start late. And then, are you are you planning on bringing a... Are you doing any other gigs in Ireland over the next year or so do you, that you know of or any dates locked in? No, I don't think so. I think we might um, have announced some dates for next year and I don't know if we've put any. We might, we might chuck one in in Dublin because I really like the uh, the Olympia in Dublin. Yeah, it's beautiful. But, yeah. Um, the last tour was like eighty dates, and this one's uh, this one's only about half of that because I've got stuff on and my kids that keep forgetting what I look like. So <laughs> no, it's not quite as big. This time. <laughs> you keep having to reintroduce yourself to them. No, it's me. It's Dad. Don't worry yeah, about it. It's the same guy. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, listen. If you're listening right now and you weren't planning on going down to the Vodafone Comedy Carnival in Galway, do. The Ross is on with a load of other phenomenal acts and his show is said it's on the Black Box Theatre Saturday the 26th and you can keep an eye on uh, rossnoble.com. Is that your website where the rest of your dates that's, and tours? Yep, that's the one. Lovely. Well, uh, Mr. Ross Noble, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for popping on my worst gig this week. No at all. Hopefully, it won't be uh, that gig won't be featured in the next <laughs> in the next <laughs> Talk to you in six months, and you'll be like, "It was Galway." <laughs> Don't know what happened. It was chaos. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.